This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. We're going to talk a little bit about how retirement and flying can often parallel one another. And we have a well-qualified person to talk about this subject on today's show. Not only is he a master financial planner, but Jess Hamill is also a pilot himself. Jess, how long have you been flying? Give us a little background on sort of your uh, your flying experience. Legally since the uh, late 90s. <laughs> um, there's, there's actually a story behind that that's not appropriate for radio, but I, uh, I learned to fly sitting in the right seat with somebody who had blown out knees and couldn't run the rudders going up and down the coast of uh, Texas, where we've always got an onshore breeze. So one way down, you've got the left rudder. The other way, you've got the right rudder, and he couldn't run them. So that's what I was there for, and I picked up on it and loved it and went ahead and went legal and had a lot of fun since then. You're probably past the statute of limitations for you know, <laughs> Hopefully so. that act, I would imagine. So. Probably so. Yeah, uh, very cool. So you've been flying planes ever since. What, what kinds of planes? I, for, for the non-plane people out there, kind of what have you, you know? Oh, just regular single engine, you know, so I was Singled. part of a co-op. So myself and 27 other people owned one twenty-eighth of four airplanes. Okay. Um, so we had everything from, you know, a, a two-seater that gets a super great mileage, you know, so to speak, on the gas, all the way up to something that carries some weight. And uh, then uh, we got some experience in a beach craft bonanza. But mostly, you know, Piper, Cessna, and that beach are just an easy, regular, four-place single engine aircraft. All right, last, last question on the flying part then. Farthest you've flown yourself? from the Austin area or coolest place that you've uh, you've flown yourself? Those would both be the same place, uh, Miami, for sure. Oh, very cool. <laughs> over nice. the Gulf? No, you just hug the coastline. Oh, hug the coastline. Yeah, if okay. you want to go over water, you got to have two engines. You know, okay. One goes out, you still got another one. you got to be a real cowboy to go over <laughs> just one. <laughs> Probably prettier anyway to hug the coast, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, so. you got to have a lot of faith in your engine to try to go over water like that with one engine, so I don't recommend it. Very cool. Very neat. Well, before you go on all those trips, I would imagine that you need a flight plan. I mean, what does that really look like? We, we think everybody's, every pilot's got this checklist of items they've got to go through. Is that reality? You've got a big checklist you got to hit? So, yeah, those are two different things. And it's probably not going to follow the theme of the uh, correlation we've got here. But a flight plan is not nearly as common as you would think. It depends on whether, you know, what kind of weather condition you're going into and whether you're going uh, instrument or not. But the checklist, absolutely. I mean, you, um, I, everybody's different. I know what you're supposed to do. So if I get into a small plane with a couple of friends and we go up to Fredericksburg to get a hamburger, you know, I go through my checklist the entire plane, check everything out. Land in Fredericksburg, go in, eat a hamburger, and 45 minutes later, we're back at the plane. Everybody's going, come on, let's go. Why are you checking it? We just got off the plane. My answer is more than likely everything's fine, but I want to figure it out now while we're sitting on the ground, not when we're you know, four or 5,000 feet in the air. So always absolutely. go through the checklist from the beginning to the end, no matter what. Jonathan, that's got to be the uh, financial parallel there, I would uh, imagine. The absolutely. Better to know it on the ground than in the air, right? Of course, yeah. Better to know going in than, than when you're in the middle of it. So it's certainly important to, to put a, a flight plan, so to speak, together for your retirement, or, or should I say prior to your retirement. The optimal time to do it is really kind of in that three to five year window as you're approaching retirement, coming in for the landing, so to speak. Now I can just take this one all the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, all day long. <laughs> but that's really the, the time to, to really start uh, putting things together and, and going down that checklist, you know, what what assets do you have? What do you want to get out of retirement? When do you want to retire? All those questions that start forming in your mind and, and really put pen to paper and, and lay out a plan of action. And, and it really starts with, with that flight plan. Where are we going? What are we trying to accomplish? And what do we have to, to take us there? 
and, and how and how specifically are we getting there? Right, right. Yeah. That's a good point. Just like the uh, hug the coastline or fly over the water, you know, specific of how you yeah. got to Miami. <laughs> and there, there's certainly two different types there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big big differences in personality of the pilot yes, or of the retiree yes. might dictate Absolutely. how to how to take that path. Pretty funny. Uh, by the way, uh, I think you two sound like you're probably similar to me in that, even though they're the lowest form of humor, we're all fans of puns here. So yes. a, a segment for us all. When I was flying, uh, so I used to broadcast uh, basketball with the uh, University of North Carolina Tar Heels uh, women's basketball team. And when I was flying with them back from Maryland one time, back to, to North Carolina, we had, it was February, really, really cold. And we had a 30, 40 mile an hour wind. And as we were coming down to land, the pilot actually opened up the, it was a chartered plane, opened up the, the, the door so we could see through the cockpit. He said, hey, if you guys want to see what it's like to land, you know, stick your head in the aisle and you can watch us land. And so, you know, all the adults in the front of the plane, boom, immediately lean their heads right. in the aisle. Like, we want to see this. All the girls in the back go, ah! <laughs> they were all deathly afraid of flying. But that, it was the scariest thing at the same time because the plane was, I don't know, yawing? Is that the way to describe it? Yeah, the way yeah, the wind was hitting definitely. us? It wasn't severe turbulence, but the yawing might as well have been as scary as turbulence because we'd see the runway through the window or through the door, and then it would disappear. And then it would come back, and then it would disappear. And I can't believe they landed the plane, but they successfully got it down. But boy, that turbulence, it was so funny to see that feeling affect people in different ways. The folks in the back going nuts, and then the adults up front, you know, kind of enjoying it and loving it along the way. Same thing in retirement. People kind of react to all the turbulence we see in the financial news similarly. Yeah, I would I would think that less people enjoy it in the retirement. I would think so. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even You're even right. as a kid, I used to I can remember you know flying in, in the plane we in some turbulence and everybody'd freak out and I'd just I would just sit back and relax and enjoy it. I just had that sense of everything's gonna be okay and this is more like a ride, you know, like the, the mm-hmm. carnival. I, I loved it. So I have no problem with turbulence or getting into scary situations. Yeah, but in retirement, different story, yeah, right? different I mean, story. In, in different. retirement, you know, you don't want to find out that you're going to hit some turbulence. Uh, that, that's going to be part of the plan to avoid as much turbulence as possible as we're, we're planning that flight. So that's kind of the gut check coming into it. Uh, you know, how much risk do you want to take? What are you what are you willing to kind of put out there and, and endure from a turbulent standpoint and what aren't you? So that's something we talk about right up front. Which direction you want to, do, want to go? Are we hugging the coastline, as we talked about earlier? Are we flying over that body of water or somewhere in between? Uh, it's a really good way to, to think about it. The problem is, though, it's it's going to hit us all, right? I mean, you fly enough, you're going to get hit by some turbulence. Same thing if you are in the market in any way, shape, and form, you're going to get hit by some turbulent times. Yeah, you're, you're going to get hit, but it really comes down to what extent, right? Are we getting- hit on those assets we're relying on for income purposes or or is that over in our, our kitty over on the side that that's maybe that uh you know long-term uh, legacy money where we can afford to, to take some of that turbulence so we like to think about it in a couple different ways and maybe we're hugging the coastline with our income and flying over that body of water with with some of that legacy money or money that we're just not counting on for everyday expenses and also has a lot to do with the quality of how well your plane is built just like your plane so sure. you know, there's, there's turbulence that i can fly right through and not even bat an eye at and there's you know some planes that have not been maintained well or built well that are not going to make it through the turbulence yeah uh, any any turbulent stories you could share with us from your flying days uh, you know, not so much turbulence i mean we're always going to run into turbulence yeah. but I've, I've made a couple of emergency landings one of them uh Without getting into details, the newer planes make some adjustments that uh, you used to have to make automatically. And so I got caught above the clouds at about 10,000 feet and had to descend very quickly. And when I did, the uh, the automatic fuel mixture couldn't keep up with the pressure, and I just lost power, period. The engine just died. So mm. at about 6,000 feet, I was coming in and coasting with no power whatsoever. I got down low enough to where I was too far from the airport in Corpus for them to hear me 
on the radio. So I had a Mooney above me that was, I would talk to him. He would talk to the tower. Tower would talk to him. He would talk to me and he'd say, okay, at 11 o'clock, we've got a, a county road. Let's head that way. So we'd head that way and I'd get close enough. He'd say, okay, you know, at two o'clock, we're going to run something else. And eventually I made it to the Refugio airport and landed right on the numbers with no power whatsoever. The, probably the luckiest thing that's ever happened. To me. Oh, it, man. Was, wow. it was beautiful. Fantastic. Actually landed. Landed, the mechanic worked on it for about 10 minutes, got back in, and kept on going out of Corpus and made my lunch date. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's Jess Hamill, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It takes, uh, it takes certainly some poise to do something and uh, pull, it, pull it off like that. Man, wow. An interesting story. Uh, last parallel between these two things, flying and retirement. We're talking about it today, tapping into the experience of Jonathan Berkland and Jess Hamill on the financial side of things. Jess, also a pilot himself, sharing some good stories with us. Jess, I think you wouldn't make it to your destination without the help of maybe it's traffic control, I guess, if we're talking sort of like bigger planes. In your case, in that story you just told us, without the help of the, the guy above you helping with that communication. How important is communication in the flying world and then also, of course, in retirement? I mean, it's, it's the cornerstone. I mean, in my opinion, in life, period, uh, relationships or retirement or flying, but yeah, you've got to have communication. So when we sit down with a client, and I can't stress this enough, they're used to going to financial advisors that are telling them what to do. So we listen. We talk a lot. We ask a lot of questions. Based on their answers, we put something together that we present to them, and then we listen again. And we want to get feedback on it. So we go through several appointments. Uh, we don't just sit down and tell somebody what to do. Each appointment, I listen to what they're telling me, take that feedback, incorporate it into the next appointment until we are all on the same playing field and I know exactly what it is that they're giving me feedback on and they understand exactly what I'm putting in front of them. Right, right. And that's ongoing, by the way, throughout retirement, right? Sure. I mean, we, yeah. we like to, to check in with our clients at least once a year, figure out, you know, are we on the same flight path? We're trying to go somewhere different. Uh, how are things going in general? Do you do you have enough income? Do you need less? You know, where are we at? Maybe a major life uh, change has occurred. So certainly you can you can talk to us more often than that. But at least once a year, we like to make that communication check in and, and just make sure we're, all, we're going the right direction. So I just want to take a couple of minutes here to talk about how this is impacting us as well as everybody else. You know, we, we're not doing seminars anymore. No, that's, no. That's weird. That's what really, a change. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of our long term goal, our five to seven year plan was to not do so many seminars and rely on other means of, of getting in front of people. And so we've had our five-year plan accelerated to a two-week plan. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah. but it's okay. You know, I mean, that, that's what smart businesses are rolling with us and looking out for our clients. And I mean, that's, that's, that's what we have to do. Um, it's not going to do anybody any good if we just put our head down and say, you know, what do we do? Exactly. So, you know, we're here for, for everybody, existing clients, and also those people out there who, whose plans have changed and suddenly need help, or maybe they didn't think they did before. Exactly. And, and, and you know, and the reality is, a lot of the hurdles that we had to deal with on scheduling and getting people in here when they have them take off work, spend time in here, it doesn't sound right to say that, you know, it, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing with this virus. But the reality is, as a result of this and, and changing how we react to it, it really frees up some more time for us to be able to meet with more people, maybe spend some more time with those people. Um, and possibly if you're working from home, frees up some time for you to actually deal with your retirement. I mean, let's, yeah. let's take advantage of a bad situation and try to at least get some good out of it. Right. So if you're sitting there working from home, maybe you have a, a lunch break and all you can do is think about, my gosh, what's the market doing? What, what happens to my retirement? Um, utilize that time. Don't sit there and, and worry about it. You know, set up a call with us. That's what we're doing right now. You can reach us either by normal phone call or, or video call. 
um, and, and just have a 30-minute consultation with us just to get to know us and connect and, and figure out what's going on and, and what do I need to do. Yeah, and I mean, the, you know, on top of it, if you think about Austin traffic, right? So if somebody's going to take off work, come sit down with us for two hours. They really add a, an, an hour. Oh, yes, at least, it. right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're working from home, you know, now you've only got to take off, uh, you know, the, the time of the appointment itself. No, yeah. no driving time. Your commute so. is about 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it takes to dial in. Um, and something else that just occurred to me, you know, the we're local. We're, we're tried and true. Keep Austin weird. We're right here in the middle of local Austin. Um, which has, to some degree, limited our ability to deal effectively with people that aren't here local. I mean, nobody wants to drive traditionally. Three hours yeah, traditionally. exactly. Yeah. Um, so you know, with this new world we're coming into and the new model that we're setting up, just to be able to function and deal with people locally, that opens it up for you know people everywhere. So if you can hear this on the radio, we can help you. Yeah. Or if you know somebody who can't hear it, you need to pass this along yeah. to them. Uh, tune exactly. them in, right? All, all of a sudden, you have more options than you had before. That's it. But really, if you can hear us now. We can help you. We can talk to you. We can do anything um, by video conference that we could previously do here in the office. We've got electronic applications for everything. We've got e-signatures. Uh, you know, we've kind of stopped the machine and figured out how to do this without having to sit in front of somebody. And we've got it figured out. You know, I'm, I'm really proud of Jonathan. Jonathan has just like been a beast on getting with all the carriers and everybody that we deal with and figuring out, you know, where's that one thing that we can't do virtually? And then he hops on and fixes it. So we're set up. We're, we're running. We can do this from anywhere. Yep, we're ready to go. So absolutely reach out to us. We want to help you um, and really put a plan together now now more than ever uh, to set you up for long-term retirement success. So we're here for you. Please do reach out to us. It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. And it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com. That's skylinewealth.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. You're listening to the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show. Guys, it's time for our fact of the week here on Skyline Wealth Strategies. I think this one's going to make your skin crawl a little bit. Uh, there are more living organisms on the skin of one human being than there are human beings alive in the entire world. Oh, my God. So you've got I mean, more living things on your body than there are human beings. So, so I, I guess that's more than 7 billion what? or whatever. Yeah, are you talking about, okay, let's, let's, let's get down to facts here. Though. Are you talking about more things? As if, if I have 10,000 of one specific thing, is that 10,000 things or one thing? So is it more individual things or more things? No, I think it would be like individual, not like 8 billion different things, but 8 billion things, period. So you may have 1,000 dust mites and right, okay, 4 okay. So billion yeah, so, this So that and I believe, that I can believe. If you're trying to tell me there was more individual separate things, there were people on Earth, oh. I don't probably. But yeah, that, I, I believe that. It's pretty nasty and gross, but it's I believe creepy, it. creepy, yeah. yeah. I wonder what it you look like under a microscope, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, know man, but I saw that. this, I don't even know if it was a commercial or an infomercial or what, it was about mattresses, and they weighed this oh, mattress. Oh, man. They, they, this is like a long, this, they put some energy in. They weighed this mattress when it was new, and they weighed it five years later, and they weighed it ten years later, and it was like 40 freaking pounds heavier 
I believe it. Dust mite and skin cells and just the real thing. This may sound gross. We have a 30 year mattress in our house right now. Actually, no, wait. I think we finally got rid of it uh, maybe a year ago. But we had a 30 year old mattress in our house. And it was only a queen. That thing weighed so much. It weighed so much. It was insane. That's gross, man. It weighed way more than our, our king size newer mattress does now. It's crazy how that stuff adds up, man. Just yeah. like, like little things that don't weigh much, but a bunch of it, you know, it, it weighs a lot. Yeah. yeah. My realization on that was when I, I, I was getting a plane repainted, right? And it's like, I, now let's spend 10 grand to repaint this plane. I can paint a car for two grand, right? The majority of it was to take the old paint off. I'm like, well, just spray over the top of it. They're like, <laughs> like 270 pounds of paint on there. Yeah. They're take oh, off. You never plane, think about that. On right? a plane, man, that's a, that's a whole person, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the plane yeah. is like, I can carry three full-size people, all my fuel and luggage, yeah. or two fuel-size people and fuel and a lot of luggage. Or it's like, so yeah, 270 pounds is a lot, but I can imagine that. Yeah, the the, the mattress adding up just from skin cells and dust mites. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's funny. You bring up the whole the plane thing. It's totally kind of off topic, but like the the American Airlines paint scheme and the fact that they had just like the aluminum. Yeah, for aluminum. the most part, that was think of all the, the money that it saved. Yeah, the, yeah think how much weight that brilliant. saved for yeah. that entire plane covered in you know like three to six mil of paint. Yeah, I yeah. thought I remembered seeing uh, a story one time about Air Force One needing to get uh needing to get painted wasn't that just a, like a couple years ago it had to get painted and they, i remember I know they redid them about that yeah they re- redid the they updated the planes here pretty recently right. i remember that but i don't know about the plane but i'm sure that was expensive oh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah when it comes to the cover especially that far up in it, the cost <laughs> yeah. is irrelevant yeah. yeah this is a special paint for the special planes 10 yeah. times as much yeah i'd like to buy one of the uh president's cars used after this administration it's all the bulletproof all glass the, and it's you know yeah, like, horsepower like motor. the yeah the limousine that weighs like yeah. twenty thousand pounds. Yeah, that would be so awesome, man. Be so awesome. Put some custom plates on it, and put a system in it, put some rims. Yeah, be awesome. I think that would be pretty cool though to take like you know because you see people driving around like old police cars and stuff like that. They must be pretty you know have some relatively souped up things inside of them or. I don't know. You would think, yeah. 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 Something that's got, that was, you know, traveling the president at one point in time. That would be pretty cool to have yeah, in you the, the old. You the see garage. the old uh, LTDs here with the police interceptors all the time with a mm-hmm. big old, like, circle on the door where the police emblem used yeah, to be. used to be. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Still the black and white paint scheme. <laughs> right. and, got yeah. the holes where all the antennas were. Yeah. I'd yeah. kind of like to get a, an old police car that's got the, um, that's still got the cage, you know, in, in separating the front from the back so I can put the dogs in the back and I'd have them always try and constantly get up to the front seat. That's a good idea. There you go. That's a good idea. You could do Uber in those and keep yourself right, safe. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> drive the out there. Yeah. yeah. If I was ever going to drive a taxi or an Uber, I think that's what I would do. I would definitely yeah, put a absolutely. put a cage in. Yeah. No doubt about it. So they make a they make a police edition Tahoe, which is what you know what the cop Tahoes drive. The speedometer goes to one sixty instead of one forty. It's got the six two instead of the five three, which is irrelevant for me at this point. But it's got different suspension, and I mean it's 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 kind of like the difference between a three quarter ton and a half ton truck and a bigger motor in it. But those things those things used to be pretty cool to have until you were able to get a Denali or a Premier that already has it in place to luxury. Yeah. But those are, those are great to pick up at the auction. Yeah. How far we have veered from the original yeah. Tahoe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we went from organisms on your skin to <laughs> Tahoe's, but quite the web we've woven here on the show. Uh, Fantastic. Uh, fact of the week led to many facts of the week. There so, you go. There you go. Hopefully you learned something. Uh, let's learn something about the financial world. We'll do that next when we come back here on Skyline Well Strategies. This is the Skyline Well Strategies radio show, helping you take the confusion out of retirement planning. 
It's time to open up the mailbag and take another question from one of our listeners. If you'd like to submit a question to possibly be featured on the show, go to SkylineWealth.com. That's SkylineWealth.com. Laura says, it's a short and sweet question for you guys. I'm fearful of market crashes. Should I just put everything in cash to take away the worry? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, you know, we call that losing your money safely. Yes. Yeah. So at the at the very least, assuming a 3% inflation rate, you're losing 3% per year right off the bat by doing that. Um, there are plenty of guaranteed options out there that at least keep up with inflation. So just pulling it out of the market and going to straight cash, you know, that'll give you an underlying feeling of security for a short period of time, but, but you probably ought to put that money somewhere. Just letting it sit there in cash is not going to do any good. Yeah, I, I will say, though, we've had a few clients come into us in that situation. Hey, I was in the market. I didn't like it. Uh, I want to pull out and I want to reconsider my options. Maybe I do go back into the market a little bit, but I want to I want to plan, not just a, a hope. So we get people coming in in that situation exactly. So so maybe that is the right way to go, but that's step one of, of two or three. You know, the next step should be, hey, give us a call and let us put a plan together for you and, and put some of that money back to work in a productive way rather than just sitting on under the mattress. Yeah, For the bare minimum, we have things you can do. I mean, if you just want to have zero risk, we have places to put it that at least keep up with inflation, no fees. And you're not you're not going to lose anything. Yeah, there's always a, a better option than cash. Is that a common problem with people having too much money in cash? Sounds like a good problem to have, but in retirement planning, it's it's really an issue, right? Sometimes, and, and it's a it's an emotional thing. People come in and they've been stockpiling cash, and they'll have three, four, five hundred thousand dollars sitting in their checking account, and they know that that's not the best place for it. They know they're not making anything, but as soon as you want to put it somewhere. They have that emotional attachment to liquidity, and we have that conversation all the time. They're, they're like, "Oh, well, you know, I, I, have got four hundred thousand dollars available to me." And I say, "Well, are you going to go spend three or four hundred grand on anything? Have you ever done that at one time?" And they say, "Well, no." I said, "Okay, well, then there you go. Let's let's put it somewhere where it performs." But we are constantly overcoming emotions, um, as typically irrational emotions. Well, big problem there with cash. Uh, whenever cash and emotions, uh, they, they certainly collide all the time. I think with the way that we uh, hear you guys talk about it here on the show. Certainly a common issue. Another great question. And if you have a question of your own for the Skyline Wealth Strategies team, reach out by calling 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or go online to skylinewealth.com. You ever notice that sometimes movie commercials try to trick you? From the studio that co-created that one movie you really liked that one time. And you're left wondering, what studio? What co-creators? They never tell you exactly what you're getting into. Well, not here. We share the details you need to get to and through your retirement on the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show. It's time to open up the mailbag and take another question from one of our listeners. If you'd like to submit a question to possibly be featured on the show, go to SkylineWealth.com. That's SkylineWealth.com. Jay says, ever since I retired, I've had a really hard time spending money. Something about not having a paycheck makes me nervous. Do you think I need a shrink? <laughs> Jay, you don't need a shrink. What you need is a financial advisor that understands the difference between spending down and generating income. Right. You need a plan. But a to plan. answer your question, um, no, you don't need a shrink. You should be nervous. Um, if all you've done is accumulate a, a nest egg and you're trying to spin it down and figure out uh, how to make yourself run out before it does, then you've got the wrong plan. So give us a call and see if we can help you out. And if you have a question of your own for the Skyline Wealth Strategies team, reach out by calling 512 952 5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or go online to skylinewealth.com. Hi, I'm a cleverly devised personification of Wall Street. 
I'm one wild roller coaster ride away from wreaking havoc on your investments. If you're not properly diversified, you can bet I'll keep you up all night thinking about me. If you want to keep me off your mind, you really need a trusted advisor who'll look after your best interests. Don't wait for turmoil to hit. In the Austin area, reach out to the Skyline Wealth Strategies team. Call or text 512-952-5555 or online at skylinewealth.com. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? Keep listening to the show and learn how you can get a complete plan with the team from Skyline Wealth Strategies. Now back to the show. This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. Guys, let's talk about pensions. Uh, they're kind of a dying breed these days. I'm just curious from your personal experience meeting with people every day in the office how many companies are you coming across now in the area that still provide pensions? Is it still common to these days? Um, so not, short not answer common. is no. Yeah. no. Certainly not common. Um, it depends on how long the person has worked there, I guess. I mean, you've, seen, yeah. you've got some people, you know, some 20-year, 30-year, some lifers for some of the bigger mm-hmm. companies. That, IBM. That's, yeah, that haven't yeah. had it taken away. Um, you know, there's a lot of them that they were counting on a pension forever, and then right towards the end, the company just said, we're not yeah. getting pensions anymore. You're getting a lump sum. Right, right. Um, but they're, they're still out there. They're just, they're not, they're not common. They're not common, and they're not necessarily, uh, it's not common that they're super sizable, right? You may have, we get people coming in that they worked someplace 20 years ago and they've got this you know $400 a month thing that they're not even really sure about but it's kind of a pension and we have to like dig and, and figure out exactly what it is to verify you know what the benefit amount is when it starts so on and so forth and you know nothing to say that you know $400 it's not like it's nothing but it's it's not going to make or break the, the total income plan so they're not necessarily as up to speed yeah, on it as if, if it was 4000 a month kind of thing. If that's your reward for working somewhere for 20 or 30 years then yeah it's it, nothing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah and, and maybe not 20 Maybe they worked there 20 years ago for four or five years and then walked away and did something else kind of thing. Yeah. But I would say, I don't know, maybe one in five clients who walk in have it. You're, you're, I, you're I wouldn't, maybe I, one I would in say 10. Not even that many. But I'll tell you what's weird. A, a trend that I have seen lately is people coming in and wanting to take the lump sum. Yep, yep. And, and it's That's because true. they don't trust the company mm-hmm. to not either screw it up. I mean, we're talking big companies, you know, AT&T. Yep. I mean, stuff that you wouldn't. You wouldn't be thinking, wow, I wonder if this company's going to go under or be around for a while. But, I mean, I've had people come in with sizable pensions, taking the lump sum and then, then handing it to me and then saying, okay, you turn it into a pension. That's right. That's what we had uh, one person in talking about her, her pension or potential you know, p- pension, and it was about a million-dollar lump sum that yeah. she's talking about just taking it and doing something else with it. So that, that's a sizable Why, why is that? I mean, why are they – is it just because, oh, it's just a big sum of money very attractive? Or is there are there other reasons for why they would do it? Well, in her situation, I think she was uh, being smart, just saying, okay, let's, I know what it'll be per month. I know what it'll be for a lump. Let's see what you can, if I take it for a lump, show me what you can do and see if you can beat it. Right. Um, but I have had other companies that are just, you know, the whole Enron thing. I mean, they're Yeah, just, it's a they're, trust factor. They're, yeah. They're worried that it's something's, something's not going to go right. I think with Social Security, it's one thing to trust your friendly federal government, right? <laughs> to some extent, we all have to, and, and I hope we all have some, some sort of belief there, right? But um, when, it's, when it's your company that 
you know, you're no longer an employee of and, you know, you've seen other pension plans kind of sink. Um, you get a little bit nervous and anxious about what's going to happen with my dollars. They're all tied up in one spot. Um, you know, if I take this into my own hands, can I do at least as well with it and have a little bit more control over it and ensure my success a little bit better? And I think that's just what people are interested in. It's that comfort factor. If your pension doesn't give you comfort, that's kind of the whole point of it, right? To have this income stream in retirement that makes it more comfortable for you. If, if you don't have that level of comfort, then um, if you don't believe in your income plan, then it's no, no fun in retirement, right? It's kind of like almost not having one. So. Well, something else that I find very interesting is, you know, some of these guys that come in, you know, they're at exec level, they've got relatively speaking, large pensions, right? Um, those guys are going to have, you know, maybe a little bit more knowledge of the inner workings of the company than <laughs> the lower true. line employees. And so when they come in and they just want to take the lump sum and get out of it, that speaks volumes to me about the, you know, what's going on with this company that, that these guys know about that they'd rather take a lump sum than just a guaranteed pension. Absolutely. Yep. But the way the companies are doing them these days, I'm not saying everybody, but we're seeing a greater trend. Uh, you know, Enron was one of the ones that started that. Um, in the old days, you know, where everybody got a pension from the, the, the janitor up to the CEO, they were annuities, bottom yep. line. You know, the company was buying an annuity, and that was your pension. And then there came a time where somebody had the bright idea, instead of spending the money on the annuity, let's, let's manage it ourselves. Let's mm -hmm. go out to the market. Um, let's take some money. We can spend less of our money to provide this employee with their income stream. And then they've mismanaged it. Um, you know, between trying to manage a market account, which we all know that can go wrong, to corruption yep. and a lot of these unions and stuff, specifically up north Chicago. Right. Um, and that's like that happens on the state level, too. I mean, state pension yeah, plans exactly. are the same state way. State pension plans are yeah. failing, but it, it's, it's not as stable. The idea was let's save money by providing the same amount of money to the employee, but the means that they went about to try to do it opened it up to failure corruption, uh, mismanagement, and so people started seeing what they considered, you know, the unheard of, which were pension funds collapsing and people not getting what they wanted. And right. that's, that put a, a pretty big scare on a lot of people, and rightfully mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I think to answer your question, Walter, I mean, if, you, if you're somebody who has a pension plan that is, it's not just an annuity that you're getting for the pension, it's actually just a, a fund that's being managed, um, you know, based on some market securities, that sort of thing. That may give you a, a comfort level to, to go ahead and take that lump sum and just go out and buy an annuity with it, kind of the the intended purpose to start with, right? And if you can do as well or better by doing that, um, I can certainly see how that's an attractive option. And I, I think we're seeing some people do that. Not everybody goes out and buys a, an equivalent valued annuity or necessarily, but it's certainly a, an option to kind of give yourself um, a pension replacement. I feel like a lot of people think pensions don't have risk to them, but it sounds like you're saying, no, there actually still does exist risk in, in that type of vehicle. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, risk, so how do you define risk? Right. The, a guarantee is only as good as, as the person that wrote the guarantee, right? So back, you know, what I call the old days, wasn't much of a risk. You know, these big companies, everybody expected it. It was just the norm. So it was a guarantee from that company. But those guarantees are not giving people the warm, fuzzy feeling that they used to have. Yeah, and, the, and the other thing we see a lot of times is, you know, you get a pension, especially if it's, if it's not inflation adjusted, um, that's great. You get $5,000 a month for the rest of your life. Well, 15 years from now, that $5,000 doesn't mean as much as it did now. So people are getting a little bit smarter, taking the lump sum. Instead of just going and buying one annuity, they'll buy four annuities. Um, and now they can selectively turn them on yeah. to you know adjust for inflation on their own terms. Exactly. I don't need um, five today. I can start at three and yeah. then get up to seven at the end. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it just gives you more flexibility. Um, you know, if I was in that specific situation, if my choice was five thousand dollars a month for life or a million two, 
man, I'd take the million too, and, and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. I'd be in Belize with a margarita yeah. and just like, do it that way. There's a reason why pensions aren't you know universally offered anymore, right? If if it worked and it was beautiful and it worked for the employer and the employee just wonderfully, they would still be doing them, right? There, there's some sort of cost associated with it that um, is causing them to to be a thing of the past, and there's just another way around it i guess a lot of it comes back down to control too right and if people like having control of their dollars so the lump sum becomes attractive in that light in that respect it does and i will say this you know people people lose trust in the company they're working for so they'll take a lump sum they'll go buy an annuity and they're buying the annuity from an insurance company right because they've got a greater trust level from the insurance company not going under so if you work for an insurance company and you're getting a pension from an insurance company to me that's the the ultimate security and safety that, that's the the golden ticket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so some of the you know like Northwestern Mutual, New York Life, the the big guys that are not going anywhere. They're super conservative. You know, I I have personal knowledge of people with pensions there, and I mean I've seen fifteen, sixteen thousand dollar a month pensions that are, you know, you've got no worries. If the insurance company starts going under, we got way bigger problems going on than that. So right. you got if you have if you're fortunate enough to be in that position take it and go. I mean, that's about the best you can be. So, you know, if any of this resonates with you, if you're kind of freaking out on, on what's going on, the world's on fire, the stock market's crashing, everybody's losing their jobs, just, you know, just calm down, first of all. What I really want is to talk to you. We have historically done in-office appointments. Right now, obviously, we're going uh, the virtual route, so we can talk to you on the phone. We can do video conferencing. And by the way, I know we're on the radio, so this is reaching a larger audience. We're a, a local wealth management company here but if we're going to talk to somebody on the phone or on the internet you know guys if you're if you can hear us on the radio we can talk to you through the virtual means so just give us a call call the office and schedule a time to talk to me the worst thing that can happen is you spend 30 minutes to find out that maybe we're not a good fit but my clients are not freaking out right now they're insulated from the market downturn as it relates to their income and that's really what it's all about we're here to generate income if your market-based portfolio is down I can't change that right now but what I can do is show you how to reposition, reallocate, and shift your investment mindset to one that is more um, geared towards true retirement and generating income in retirement. So just give us a call. Give us a call, and we'll set up a time to talk and go from there. It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. And it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com. That's skylinewealth.com. Austin's Talk, 1370. I got a bunch of money, too. Oh, I I like money. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we all do, and we all want to learn how to protect it, preserve it, and grow it. So keep it right here for more strategies on the show. Let's get back to the program. can't believe you like money, too. This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. Well, guys, I want to talk a little bit about, of course, retirement planning on today's show, but how it's a lot like 
building a house. You know, I think for some people, the idea of putting together a financial plan doesn't sound like much fun, but the idea of building a home, well, that gets people going and excited. So let's find the similarities between the two in building a strong financial plan as if we were also building our dream home to try and merge the fun and the productivity of getting a good plan in place. So with any home, we've got to start, of course, with what? The foundation. Uh, if we don't have a great foundation on the house, well, it doesn't really matter what we do to the rest of it. It's it's not going to stand uh, against storms. It may fall over just on its own. It's not going to be a great way to start. And that's a pretty logical place to start for our financial plan as well. But what makes up the foundation of a financial plan? I would say the income plan. Um, you know, if you don't have your income coming in, then none of the rest of it really matters. You don't want your income subject to the roller coaster that uh, is okay to have with your investments while you're still working. But once your income is being derived from your investments, you need something that's solid, stable, um, something you can count on just like the foundation of the house. Right, right. And it needs to be focused on income, right? We don't just have a big pile of money that we're just going to be pulling from each month to pay the bills, right? There needs to be a little bit more of a plan than just spending it down. And, and that's really where income planning comes in. And that's why it's the foundation of, of our retirement plans and really where we start, you know, starting with a budget. What do we spend? What, is our, what are our lifestyle needs? And then go from there trying to solve income and produce income that comes in on top of social security and pensions that you may have that usually doesn't complete the income needs for most people so we need to fill that gap with something and that something is the income plan and we spend a lot of time on that work with clients every day on those and, and get really excited about building them so the foundation is absolutely the income plan i, I definitely agree all right, so we have our foundation of an income plan. We've got to do that first. When we're building a home, we then put up the walls after we get the foundation in place. I think the walls obviously are, uh, you know, of course, important if we want to be protected from the elements and give some structure to the future parts of the home. So what is that structure that we're then adding into our financial plans as the next step? Yeah, the, the walls, right? The investment plan. What do we do with those dollars that aren't targeted at our income plan, right? We may need... 10% of the portfolio or 90% of the portfolio to produce that income plan, depending on, on your spending needs, spending habits, and, and available assets. But there's some leftover dollars in there somewhere that we do something with, right? And, and what is that something? Yeah, That's some, some manner of accumulation that we're not relying on for for income. Um, so that if, uh, you know, the market, if this, for example, if it's in the market and the market makes a correction, you can write it out because you've got the foundation, you've got the income plan already done. Yep. And it's definitely based on your risk tolerance, right? Your investment plan may be just a CD if that's, if that's your risk tolerance, right? <laughs> right. We've had, we have we those had, clients. Yeah, absolutely. Have right. Or you may be, you know, totally other direction. You know, your, your, your next door neighbor, he's starting a lawnmower business and you're going to hand him all that cash so he can go start that business and you just trust him so much. You know, there's that end of the spectrum too. Most people are somewhere in the middle, obviously. And, and we work with them to figure out how to best utilize those assets, put them to work and, and make a return because even though those assets aren't targeted at your income plan, um, you may still want to utilize them in retirement and you certainly don't want to lose those dollars or use them inefficiently, right? So we wanna have a plan for those uh, and make sure the entire portfolio is working for you in retirement. So those are the walls. After we get the walls up, we want to make sure we can protect our home from rain, snow, and the sun beating down on us. So we've got to start thinking about the roof, logically. What's the roof of our financial plans, though? I'd, I'd have to say insurance. Um, you know, yeah, the, cap it off. Yeah, it's, yeah cap it off. It's a, it's a little bit of a stretch on the analogy there. Um, but, you know, we've got the income coming in. We've got our separate um, accumulation model going on over there. Mm -hmm. um, at some point, we need to prepare for things that we can't control that may or may not happen. So insurance is a great way to do that. And we have a variety of 
types of insurance and ways to use insurance in ways that you may not have thought of before. Right, right. And then there's things that people think of using insurance for, maybe like long-term care, where we may not take a long-term care insurance approach. We may take a self-insurance approach. But really, you know, the roof analogy is we're looking out for the bad weather, the future storms, and making sure we have something in place for them. So even if we are using a self-insurance approach, making sure we talk about that up front as part of our retirement planning and not just reacting to it down the road so we have something in place to cover us, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. If the weather was, if I knew the weather was going to be 80 degrees all the time and never rain, never snow, and I had to worry about sunburn, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a roof, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Or even the walls we could start ignoring at that yeah, point. Right? Right. Just, just live out of the, on the top of your pickup truck or something. Like that's that. it. <laughs> well, in a traditional home, however, we, in traditional environments, we're going to have those storms that we need to weather. So it's good to have all those things in place. And then last but not least, it's time to decorate the inside of the home. We call that the finishing touches. You know, we're talking about things like, uh, okay, we want some built-in books shelves or we're going to add some crown molding here for an extra touch or let's get some custom made furniture into the home and really sort of make it ours and customize it a little bit and just put those final touches on it what would kind of fall into the category of the finishing touches of that financial plan estate planning i think and in, in, in really it, it does make sense kind of like the final touches you're talking about you can go simple and you can go extreme right we can have just a, a basic built-in bookshelf or we can have you know the chandelier from the ceiling kind of thing you know so when it comes to estate planning it's very similar um a lot of people just need you know just basic will right and, and some people don't even have that when they come into our office so that's something we always want to button up and link them up with the right professional to make sure they have that in place and the opposite end of that spectrum is a really complex trust or something of that you know nature where um, there's lots of moving parts involved and and that kind of uh, also ties into their overall retirement plan usually that happens to be complex too so so we see it across the spectrum, but that's something you want to button up, whether it's a simple will or complex trust. And you want to make sure that it fits your needs, too. So it's, it's disappointing to me sometimes when clients come in. And that's one of the things I ask them on the first appointment. Um, you know, do you have a will? Is it current? And I see too many people that come in with a trust that when I ask them why they have a trust, they can't answer it. And when I look at their portfolio, I'm not seeing a reason for it other than when they went to the, to the attorney for a will. Um, he made more money off of a trust, so all of a sudden they got a trust. So there are yep. some very specific reasons to use a trust, but it's not really for everybody. We just need to make sure that whatever you do fits your needs. That's a good point. Yeah, you don't always need the, the chandelier, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just want to take a couple of minutes here to talk about how this is impacting us as well as everybody else. You know, I mean, we, we're not doing seminars anymore. No, that's, no. That's weird. That's what really, a change, yeah. Um, you know, kind of our long-term goal, our five- to seven-year plan was to not do so many seminars and rely on other means of, of getting in front of people. And so we've had our five-year plan accelerated to a two-week plan. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah. but it's okay. You know, I mean, that, that's what smart businesses are rolling with us and looking out for our clients. And, I mean, that's, that's, that's what we have to do. Um, it's not going to do anybody any good if we just put our head down and say, you know, what do we do? Exactly. So, you know, we're here for, for everybody, existing clients, and also those people out there who, whose plans have changed and suddenly need help, or maybe they didn't think they did before. Exactly. And, and, and you know, and the reality is a lot of the hurdles that we had to deal with on scheduling and getting people in here when they have them take off work, spend time in here, it doesn't sound right to say that, you know, it, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing with this virus. But the reality is, as a result of this and, and changing how we react to it, it really frees up some more time for us to be able to meet with more people, maybe spend some more time with those people. Um, and possibly, if you're working from home, frees up some time for you to actually deal with your retirement. I mean, yeah. let's, let's take advantage of a bad situation and try to at least get some good out of it. Right. So if you're sitting there working from home, maybe you have a, a lunch break and all you can do is think about, my gosh, what's the market doing? What happens to my retirement? Um, utilize that time. Don't sit there and 
and worry about it, you know, set up a call with us. That's what we're doing right now. You can reach us either by normal phone call or, or video call um, and, and just have a 30-minute consultation with us just to get to know us and connect and, and figure out what's going on and, and what do I need to do. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, you know, on top of it, if you think about Austin traffic, right? So if somebody's going to take off work, come sit down with us for two hours. They really add a, an hour. To oh, yes, yeah. so at least, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you're working from home, you know, now you've only got to take off, uh, you know, the, the time of the appointment itself. No, yeah. no driving time. Your so. commute is about 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever it takes to dial in. Um, and something else that just occurred to me, you know, the we're local. We're, we're tried and true. Keep Austin weird. We're right here in the middle of local Austin. Um, which has, to some degree, limited our ability to deal effectively with people that aren't here local. I mean, nobody wants to drive traditionally. Three hours yeah, traditionally. exactly. Yeah. Um, so you know, with this new world we're coming into and the new model that we're setting up, just to be able to function and deal with people locally, that opens it up for you know people everywhere. So if you can hear this on the radio, we can help you. Yeah. Or if you know somebody who can't hear it, you need to pass this along yeah. to them. Uh, tune That's, them in, right? All, all of a sudden, you have more options than you had before. That's it. But really, if you can hear us now. We can help you. We can talk to you. We can do anything um, by video conference that we could previously do here in the office. We've got electronic applications for everything. We've got e-signatures. Uh, you know, we've kind of stopped the machine and figured out how to do this without having to sit in front of somebody. And we've got it figured out. You know, I'm, I'm really proud of Jonathan. Jonathan has just like been a beast on getting with all the carriers and everybody that we deal with and figuring out, you know, where is that one thing that we can't do virtually? And then he hops on and fixes it. So we're set up. We're, we're running. We can do this from anywhere. Yep, we're ready to go. So absolutely reach out to us. We want to help you um, and really put a plan together now now more than ever uh, to set you up for long-term retirement success. So we're here for you. Please do reach out to us. It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. And it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com. That's skylinewealth.com. And that's all the time that we have for on this week's show. For Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. All opinions and information expressed by the speakers on this show are solely the opinions of those speakers, not those of Skyline Wealth Strategies or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. All opinions are based on information the speakers consider reliable. Opinions and information are provided as is, for educational purposes only, cannot be guaranteed or warranted, may change without notice, and may not be corrected or updated. Opinions and information should not be construed as an inducement to invest, an offer to buy or sell securities, nor as legal tax or investment advice, nor do they take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and are therefore not necessarily intended as recommendations suitable for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned on this program. Neither the speakers, Skyline Wealth Strategies, or their affiliates guarantee any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all investments involve inherent risk and total loss. Strategies and investments fluctuate in price and value, and investors may get back less than they invested. You should seek advice from independent financial, investment, and legal counsel before making any financial or investment decisions. Transmission of information through this program is not intended and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you and Skyline Wealth Strategies. Information provided on this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third 
parties. The provision of such information does not imply responsibility for or an endorsement of any third-party information, opinion, recommendation, or investment product. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is prohibited without the prior written consent of Skyline Wealth Strategies.